there. Welcome to another life-transforming sermon with Dr. Dazwit Achero. Let's go to the Word of God. Open with me the book of Matthew. I am teaching from my book, Pastors from the Pews. Very powerful. Those who have not joined discipleship program, you should be able to do it ASAP. Tell you whenever I'm joining. You have not joined. If you finish expedition, join the pastors from the peers. If you finish, join starting point. It is very important. Matthew chapter 22 and verse 14. Matthew chapter 22 and verse 14. Hallelujah. HODs, are you here? All right. So remind me when I finish, I recognize HODs. Because some of them, if you don't recognize them, they get offended. See, how comes he did not recognize us in the meeting when we are not people? So, Pastor Ngure, remind me, so I, we can recognize them officially. We can tell them to start so we can clap our hands. All right. Are you there, Matthew? Verse 14, what does the Bible say? Read it with me. For many are called, but few are chosen. Say it again. Many are called, but few are chosen. Can you calculate many? Can you come up with a figure for many? You can't, isn't it? It's infinity. Many are chosen. Many are called, rather. But few are chosen. Today, I want to talk about God's calling upon your life. God's calling upon your life. And look, as the scripture says, Many are called. That means many of us here, God has called you. God has called you. Amen. You have been called by God. Even though few have been chosen, at least many have been called. So even if you're not among the few, at least you fall in the category of many that God has actually called you. Praise the Lord. You see, I have grown up in the church for a very long time. I started going to church in my mother's womb. I started singing in the choir in my mother's womb. I was born in church. I attended Sunday school. So I've been in church all my life here on earth. And as I started understanding many things about church, I realized that there was a notion in church that a few people are called, not everybody. There was that mindset in the church that we have only a few people, special people, who have been called. And those are the ones who are supposed to preach. Those are the ones who are supposed to pastor. Those are the ones who are supposed to do the work of the ministry. And we kind of believed it. I don't know if you're like me. Did you have the same as you were growing up? 
Some of you are pagans. Eh? You, you did not grow in church. You collided with church the other day. Mercy. How many, how many saw what I'm saying in church when you joined the church? And you looked at the calling and you thought it is for special, anointed, selected people. But not you. And you kept on disqualifying yourself. Isn't it? Because you looked at the ones who were called. Even greeting them was a privilege. Isn't it true? How many were in Catholic church? Lift your hand. Did you ever shake the father's hand? Father. Eh? Please talk to me. Tell me. Did, did you? No. Did you? No. So the father was there. And you are here. So even when I walk here, you should know that it's a privilege. That the father has even come very close to me. <laughs> or you think it's not a privilege. It's a fantastic privilege. I mean the father was there. You were here. Even where he was seated. You were not allowed to go there. I went to another church. I think I, would, I was doing a wedding in that church. And I wanted to climb the stairs. They grabbed me and said, hey, you cannot go there. You stay down here. Do everything from down here. <laughs> yeah. Up there is for the... <laughs> and so there was a very big gap. You know? Some of you are in, where were you before? AIC. Kennedy, you are in Legio Maria. <laughs> did you shake the hand of, is it Messiah on the tour? Did, did, did you shake his hand? You just do like this. How many were in PCA? You're in PCA. Did you shake the hand of, is it the canon or who? Who? Huh? Reverend. Did you ever shake his hand? Hey. From today, you are not touching my hand without an offer. <laughs> I mean, it, there was a big gap. Pastor Nesmas, which church were you in? Methodist. Who was the top guy in Methodist? You are not very serious in church. He doesn't even know. He's like, I don't even understand. Those who are in Catholic, that's why you see when the Pope comes, everybody wants to shake his hand and to kiss his ring. Yeah. When he came to Kenya, you saw there was a stampede until people had to be stopped. Yeah, they wanted us to touch his hand and kiss his ring. Hey, kiss my ring. <laughs> oh, man. It's because there was a gap and people felt like between me and them, there is a very big gap and I might not be able to bridge that but Jesus, 
The scriptures are telling us many are cold. So that means even you, you're cold. Look at the style of Jesus' ministry. He was with people. He was with people. There was no gap. He was with people. Because he was trying to show them that what I am doing, you can also do it. He says, greater works than this shall you do. Yes. In my name, you will cast out devils. In my name, you will lay hands on the sick and they will recover. In my name, you will cleanse lepers. Go into the whole world and preach. Jesus was trying to show us that many are called. So look at your neighbor and tell them, you have been called. Yes, yes, many are called. Many are called. You might not be a pope, but you have been called. You might not be a vicar, but you have been called. You might not be a reverend, but you have been called. Hallelujah. Which other church? PAG. You were in PAG. Did you shake the hand of who is the top guy? Overseer. Did you shake his hand? No. I grew up in Pefa. My mother used to go to Pefa. And we were, there were days, Sundays, we were, we were told that the overseer is coming. There was so much excitement in the church. You would think that Jesus is coming. Because the overseer could visit your church once. For many years. He will come once and maybe you might, not, you might never see him again. And when he comes, that is a special service. So you will be singing waiting for him. You're checking the door as he comes. When he enters, everything stops. He's given the microphone. He will talk until he's tired. He will give you stories where he went, where he came from, the people he met, whatever. Many stories. I remember the day the overseer came. We stayed in church for a very long time. Then after that, we gave him gifts. But none of us even shook his hand. You are not allowed to move close. Lest you dilute the anointing. Many are cold. So, the gap has been narrowed by Jesus. You understand what I'm saying? So, you can do ministry. You can do ministry. I'm talking to you. You can do ministry. You can do the work of the ministry. Christian, you don't look like you're believing in what I'm saying. You can do ministry. Yes. You can do ministry. If, if you allow God to work in you, if you allow God to work in you, if you allow mentorship to take place in your life, you can do ministry. And you can do very good ministry. Praise the Lord. You know, I'm looking forward to days I will even send young people to go and start churches and build mega churches. This calling thing has nothing to do with your age, has nothing to do with your gender. It has everything to do with the God that you serve. I'm going to say glory. My sister, you can do ministry. <laughs> she doesn't know whether to say thank you or amen. She froze. Many are called. 
Look at your neighbor and tell them, I have been called. Tell them like seven times. So where does your calling begin? Your calling begins at the point of salvation. Your calling begins at the point of salvation. When you get saved, the calling of God is upon your life. You see, a calling is God's personal invitation. Somebody say personal. Personal invitation to carry out a unique task that he has for you. God cannot save you if he's not in need of you. The fact that you are saved is reason enough for you to know that there is work for you. Are you saved? I'm going to call for an altar call. Are you saved? Are you really, really saved? Is Jesus your personal savior? Did he come into your heart? Has he brought changes in your life? God will not have saved you if he didn't have work for you. Because our God is intentional. So, your calling begins at salvation. When you get born again, that's it. You have been recruited to the team that God has called. And out of those people who are called, as you respond to the dealings of God, you flow, you learn, you grow, then the selection begins for specific ministry. Begins to choose, say, you go there, you go there, you do this, you come here, you go there. But the starting point is salvation. Amen. One more time. Are you saved? So you must have a personal relationship with Jesus. And out of this relationship, mentorship will follow. And eventually leading you to clarity concerning your ministry assignment here on earth. So you walk with God after salvation. You flow with God. And things begin to take shape. In your life. Now, after salvation, what happens? What should you do? We are still tracing this calling thing. Number one, you must submit to a local church. After you get saved, be submitted to a local church. What is the name of your local church? Talk to me. What is the name of your local church? Are you sure it's not Legio Maria? PCA? What is the name of your local church? So you must submit. Somebody say submit. Now, that word submit is not loved by ladies. They don't like it. They feel like God is unfair to them. Especially in the context of marriage. How many ladies wish that word was removed? Please be honest. Lift your hand and just, yes, just lift your hand if you are honest. Please, ladies, why, why, why are you pretending? Ladies, lift up your hand. If, if you are saying, Pastor, I wish, I wish that word can be edited or something. Submit. So you want to tell me all you ladies love submission? I don't believe it.
You don't want to spoil your house. Can I chase the men out and then I ask the ladies the question? Your yes has already given me an answer. <laughs> Submission has to be has to be something that you embrace fully as a believer. Because you see, when you get married, there cannot be two heads in the house. So one has to submit, isn't it? And it's the wife that has been told to do what? To submit. And submission has to be has to be non-negotiable. I mean, you don't say, no, I don't want to submit. But you just have to submit for, for the relationship to work. <laughs> and for it to flow. Isn't it, Elizabeth? You have to submit to this man. For the relationship to work. If you don't submit, you will start having problems. Isn't it? Are you submitted? So much. Wow. You know he's looking at you. Wow. So when you find a woman who is not submitted, that marriage is in trouble. Isn't it true? Yes. So submission means you come under the leadership of another. You understand? You come under the leadership, the direction of another. And you allow this person to take the lead, to lead as you follow. That is what submission is. So when you submit to a church, what it means is you come under the leadership that is established in the church. And you allow that leadership to lead you and to mentor you and to prepare you for the work of the ministry. Hey. Isn't it fantastic? Isn't it powerful? Hallelujah. So after you get saved, submit to the, to the local church and be sold out. And look, submission is serious. It's not what I see with many Christians. It's very, very serious. That when you submit yourself to the church, that means you are like married to the church. Somebody say, Allah? <laughs> Is it that serious? Yes! You are married to the church. So when the church says we are praying and fasting, you don't challenge it. You are submitted. It's like a husband who says, Oh, honey, please uh, make for me uh, chicken and, and just boil it and put some onions and some garlic, boil it and, and just bring it to me. And then the wife says, Nani? Who? Who are you talking to? <laughs> Today in my mind, I was thinking of making Gide, oh Lord. Gideri. It's Gideri that is available and it is ready. See, there will be a problem in that house that day. So submission means when the, when the church says, Today, we are having a conference and everybody is expected to come. What do you do? You show up in the conference. That is submission. When the church announces that we are going to have um, a serve meeting on Sunday, because you are submitted, I'm telling you, 
you do everything to be there because you are married to the church. I think I should stop. It's like whatever I'm sharing now is too deep for you. I feel like I'm shaking you to the very core of your being. Huh? That is what submission is. When the church says everybody should join the discipleship program, you say we are joining. You don't say, you know me, I'm busy. You know the things I can't say because I see children. It's like your husband suggesting. Then you say you are tired. Anyway, let's know. Pastor Nesmas, you're making me go into a not very good direction. Today, I want to be holy. You see, I'm wearing a white t-shirt. Yeah, and we're from fasting, so let's think about things of heaven. Or your husband says, um, I have booked a hotel. I want all of us and the children. Let's go. We are going to eat lunch out. Yeah? At Kempiski. Then as a wife, you say, husband, please, can I have a short meeting with you in the bedroom? Mm. So, that you have a lot of money, you can just waste it. <laughs> you don't do that. What do you do? You flow. What do you do? You flow. Hallelujah. I pray for these ladies. May you become a flowing wife. You see, you can't even say amen. I prophesy over you. May you become a flowing member. Yes, flowing. You're just flowing. 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 It's easy as a leader to lead flowing members. Hallelujah. So number one, after you get saved, you do what? Submit to a local church. Now, and now you understand what submission is. You don't have an independent mind. You flow with the church. You become part and parcel of the church. Any program in the church, you try your best to be part of, to be part of it. Hallelujah. Number two, after you get saved, what happens? You begin to serve God where you are. Because you have submitted, you decide that this is my church. Then I have to do something in this church. We are tracing God's calling upon your life. You start doing something in the house of God. And I'm so glad all of you who are here, you're doing something in the house of God. Don't ever allow yourself to just be there, seated, and you're not doing anything. Do something in the house of God. You are on your way to clarity as far as your calling is concerned. Hallelujah. Do it. Even if nobody says thank you, God is saying thank you in many ways. Even if nobody recognizes what you're doing or sees what you're doing, because there are some ministries that are visible and there are some ministries which are not visible, but they are equally important. It's the same way your body, there are some parts of your body which are visible and there are some parts which are not visible, but all of them play a very critical part Role to ensure that you are healthy. If your kidney decides to change its mind, what will happen to you? 
you will start having problems. Instead of the kidney removing toxins from your body, it retains. You eat, you eat, but you don't feel like going to the toilet. <laughs> you drink, drink. You even tell people, you know me, I don't go to the toilet many times like you guys. There's a problem. The kidney has given up on you. And all of a sudden, you start swelling. Why? Because the body is retaining fluids. Alright? And then you have to be rushed to the doctor. And then the doctor will say, hey, your kidneys have failed. So we need to start dialysis immediately. We need to start removing toxins from your body using machines. So you have to go to the hospital twice or thrice a week to stay in that machine for almost five hours for them to drain your urine and poo-poo. You, have you ever seen your kidney? Do you think you have a kidney? How do you know you have it? Say, because I go to the toilet. <laughs> How many toilet goers are here? And don't be ashamed of it. It is a blessing to go to the toilet naturally. Tell your neighbor, I thank God I can go to the toilet. Yes. Yes. It's a blessing. You cannot see your kidney, but it's functioning. You cannot see your liver, but it's functioning. If your liver, if your liver quits, your eyes change color. They become yellow. Isn't it? Look at your eyes. Are they clear? How can you see your eyes? <laughs> Look at your neighbor's eyes. Are they clear? Tell your neighbor, I prefer red eyes than yellow eyes. Mm. When your kidney, when your liver quits, it says, I am tired of serving this man. This man has, has been overworking me. I'm tired. I'm quitting. You start having problems. Yeah, There are so many things in your system. Enzymes. When you put food in your stomach, you need enzymes to work on the food. If they don't work on the food, you have to swallow some tablets to digest your food. Have you ever seen your enzymes? Do you know how many they are? But they're there. They're working. You put food, they crash. Then they tell you, more. We are finished. Bring some more. That's why you find that you're always hungry. Because <laughs> there are guys who are busy. But you've never seen your enzymes, have you? So there are some ministries which are like that. You, we don't really see them. But it's very important. And sometimes when you're in those departments, you feel like people don't appreciate you. Even if nobody appreciates you, God is the one who sees what you're doing. And God will appreciate you. The way you appreciate your kidney, the way you appreciate your enzymes, the way you appreciate your large and your small intestines. <laughs> so serve serve with joy whatever you are if they put you at the gate stand there with joy and serve God's people you are a greater smile 
Smile until when you come to the service, your jaws are hurting. And say, I'm doing it for God. Because sometimes you smile at people, they don't smile at you back. They just look at you. But just do it. God who sees in secret is going to reward you publicly. May God reward you for your service. May God remember you for your service. Shout louder, amen. Turn to your neighbor. Are they awake? See some neighbors, man. As I talk, they go like. Wow. Number three. You have to trust God. We are still trusting your journey. For your calling. Trust God. Trust God. And don't be anxious. Just trust God. God is in charge of your life. Amen. Yeah, God is in charge of your life. That's why he moves you to certain places at certain times to meet certain people. That's why he gives you certain pastors. That's why God has not given you, uh, he has not given you, uh, I don't know which word to use, but he has given you a good pastor. Let me just say that. <laughs> in this city, for example, we have so many pastors. Isn't it? And you have so many options. I mean, you can go to Neno. You can go to Jet Fighter. You can go to Helicopter Ministries. There's so many. You can go to Deliverance. You can go to PCA. You can go to uh, AIC. You can go to... There's so many. But God has a way of positioning you in the right place because of what he wants to accomplish in your life. That's why you have to trust him. Trust in God. And don't be anxious. Don't be restless. Trust in God. He knows what he's doing. He's working on you one day at a time. He's refining you one day at a time. He's working in some areas in your life one day at a time. Just trust him. You see, many people, they become anxious. They become restless. And they think it's taking too long. You see, God is so much interested in preparing you until you're ready before he releases you. Sometimes I read the Bible and I'm surprised. Jesus came on earth and he was prepared for 30 years and he functioned for only three and a half years and he was out of here. Because it is not how long you do what you're doing. It is how effective you do it. Three and a half years in the life of Jesus has impacted the entire world. We are still talking about him today. Stephen preached only one sermon. And let me tell you, it shook Jerusalem. One sermon. It shook Jerusalem that when, even when he was dying, Jesus had to give him a standing ovation. One sermon. Steve-o. You're called Steve. Yeah. So don't feel like, oh, it's taking long. Oh, I'm delayed. Oh, I am burning. Oh, the fire in my bones. Oh, I feel fire. Oh, I feel power. Hey, I need to go. Hey, listen to me. Hey, give me a microphone. Give me a microphone. Give me a microphone. I feel like I'm exploding. Give me a microphone. No. Trust God. Trust God. You see, you can feel fire, but when we throw the microphone at you, the fire disappears. Tell your neighbor, trust in God. When those who are watching, trust in God. 
Yes. Don't be anxious. A day at a time. Hallelujah. When I was under my bishop, I remember, I went to him the first time I told him, God is calling me to start a church. He told me, you're not ready. I said, yes, sir, I'll wait. And I waited. I think I waited for almost five years. And when the right time came, he released me. Am I not succeeding? I'm even glad I didn't leave that time. I could have struggled. Have you seen pastors struggling? The other day I was doing a live. Was it Thursday or Friday? And there's a pastor who introduced himself. And he told me, please pray with me. I'm believing God for a keyboard for the church. Was it Thursday? A keyboard for the church. As we are so blessed, we just wake up and buy one. I know you can't clap because you think it's something very small. Yeah. Is believing God for a keyboard for the church. Hey. You know, at some point when I finished that, bro, I started thinking about it and I said, man, I'm going to send him something. I'm going to send him something. It really touched me. And I started thanking God the way God has really blessed us. Amen. You see, when I started the church, I didn't start the church with new instruments. I went to my bishop and I spoke to him and I told him, Bishop, I have gone to the store. The church used to have a store. And I told him that I've gone to the store and I've seen that you have so many old speakers and microphones. And I told him, if you give me those old speakers, because he told me some of them are not even working. I said, I can repair them. So he said, hey, are you sure? I said, yes. He said, let's go. So we went to the store. They opened the store and all the speakers were there. And he told the salmon, give him everything he needs from here. We don't need it. Give him. And I took all these speakers. I took the mixer. I took the microphones. And I called somebody. I said, please, I need repairs to be done on my instrument. He said, bring them. So I took them. My, some microphones were revived. Some speakers were revived. There was a keyboard. He told me, boss, please, let this keyboard be buried. <laughs> this one cannot work. Let it go. Yes. I started with instruments that had been repaired. The only new thing that I started with was a keyboard because somebody was touched. When that didn't work, God spoke to someone and he was touched and he bought me a new keyboard. Let me tell you. I was walking on the streets with a bounce. I said, wow. Hey! Me, I started. And some of the things we are using now, I think, are the ones we started with. Yeah, like that mixer. I started, we started with that mixer. It's still with us. You can see it. You see that? Yeah, I was given. It was old. We repaired it. 
worked on it. We thank God it is working. And though Zeph complains about it a lot, but we thank God it's working. And we just started. Yeah. Some, some microphones died. I went back to repair them. And the guy told me, please, it's enough. <laughs> but look at the brand churches I'm starting. I'm giving them new set of sound. New. New. Eh, isn't God good? God is fantastic. God has blessed us. Tremendously new, beautiful. Sometimes when I go for those launches, I tell God, God, please remember me. I look at the speakers. I go, Eesh. Eesh. Friday I was given my microphone to use. I tried to use it. It was not good. I had to use Pastor Mary's microphone, a new one, bought by one of the members of her church. So don't be restless. Let God work on you. Let God change you. Let God transform you. Do you understand what I'm saying? Yes, let God work on you. Because let me tell you, some of you, you don't understand that God will not allow you to ascend to a certain position because he knows you'll embarrass him. Some of you, if you become a pastor today, you will slaughter the sheep. I don't know if you understand that language. You will slaughter the sheep. Okay, let's use Swahili. Utakula. <laughs> Do you understand what I'm saying? Because power reveals who you are. Power brings out the real you as a person. You will take advantage of the young ladies in the church. You'll be firing them every Sunday after the service. So when you go to the Sunday school, you see many children that look like the pastor. <laughs> <laughs> Michelle, you're not laughing. You don't think it's funny. Alos. Uh, <laughs> and you can see it's happening in some ministries. Yeah, it's happening in some ministries. Yeah, ladies are being paid by the pastor to keep quiet. Hmm? Tina, you don't look like you believe what I'm saying. But it's true. Yeah. And let me tell you, you see, the anointing is very attractive. Statistics have shown that almost half of the ladies in a church don't mind sleeping with the pastor. Hey, hey, people are quiet here. Hey, tell your neighbor it is statistics. Yes. Yeah. They say if this daddy of mine 
want some more. <laughs> so if you don't have stamina as a pastor, I'm telling you, there will be a mess in that church. Terrible mess in the church. Look, study history and you realize that even some of these revivalists, they really had a challenge in one or two areas in their lives. Yeah. Serious challenge. That's why you have to just be patient. Let God work on you. Let God refine you. Let God deal with some areas in your life. Yeah. You know, there are people here, if you see money, you change. Yeah. After Sunday, you'll be collecting all the offering, put in your boot, you go with it. You say, don't even count it. We will count with my wife. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, this section here is very quiet. I don't know if they are with us or they are not with us. This section is very quiet. Should we pour water on them or what? Uh, I will start with Daido. Oh, have mercy on him. The wife is here. Will you wake up? You are not even responding. Let me ask again. Will you wake up? Decide. Will you wake up? Let's try again. Will you wake up? Okay. Who? Lucy is not responding. Lucy is not responding. Lucy, will you wake up? Have you woken up? You're always awake. All right, let's continue. I thank God. Clap your hands for my soldiers. They are a lot. So, you have to allow God to work on you. Yes. I'm telling you. To let him work on you, refine you, break you, change you, mold you. Because power, positions, can corrupt you. In fact, they say absolute power corrupts absolutely. You see, some of you cannot do some things because you don't have the power to do it. Yeah. Your sins are cheap. <laughs> you commit your sins in the bush because you have no money to pay for the hotel. <laughs> I'm talking in this house. Very cheap sins. And you do the sin very quickly because you're in the bush. You can be caught. But when you get money, when you get money, you can go anywhere you want and you can do anything that you want. You understand what I'm saying? Yeah, that's why me as a pastor, I have my office. I'm very predictable. Yes, I have my office. I go to the office. I pray. 
I read. I stay in the office. From the office, unless I'm going anywhere, I go home. Yes. When I play golf, I tell my wife, I've gone to play golf. And she knows I'm playing golf. You understand? And sometimes I even take a picture and I show her. Sema <laughs> 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 glory. Because you can say you're going for golf, but you take a flight to Mombasa. And you have booked the flight to go and to come back. Isn't it? Yes. You have to be predictable. So allow God to work on you because power changes who you are. Makes you different. I'm telling you, especially when you have the power of the microphone. When you speak, people say amen. Oh, you can do crazy things. Yes. And these young ladies, you can just manipulate them. Yeah, you can look at her and tell her, the Lord is telling me, give me your car. If you don't give me your car, you are dying tonight. <laughs> yeah? Or you see a man has come with a new Range Rover. You say, ah, I saw it in my dream. I saw myself in it in a dream. And the Lord is saying, if you want to go to the next level, you have to let it go. <laughs> yes, pastor. Yes, pastor. When was the dream? You say, the dream was yesterday. You manipulate people. Because there's something in you that has not been worked on. You are still a greedy man. You are a greedy woman. Greed is driving everything you do. When you see people blessed in the church, you are salivating. You're just looking for ways to get it. Huh? Anything good, you covet it, including people's wives. May God have mercy. Tell your neighbor, don't be anxious. Stay. Let God work on you. May God work on you. I say may God work on you. On your mind, on your attitudes, on your character, on your everything. May God work on you. That's our journey to the calling. The calling. The calling. Number four. Or is it number five? Is it number four or number five? Number four, be loyal. Be loyal. Very loyal. I'm a proponent of loyalty. In fact, now I have become a student of loyalty that when I go to a church and when somebody starts speaking, I can pick this loyalty in what they are saying. Hmm? I can pick it. I'm a student of loyalty. I believe in loyalty because I believe nothing can be built without loyalty. You can't build a marriage without loyalty. You can't have a stable nation without loyalty. 
You can't have a stable company without loyalty. That's why you see Pastor Ngure. Pastor Ngure works for Safaricom. You will never see Pastor Ngure trying to advertise Airtel. I don't even think he has ever bought an Airtel line. If he gets it, they might arrest him. Orange can come and advertise they have a better deal, whatever, for internet, whatever. You will see Pastor Ngure with that modem. Even free says he cannot take. Everything he uses is in green color. Green, green, green. Modem, green. What else is green? <laughs> Mercy, Lord. <laughs> green. Loyalty. One day, we were somewhere with Pastor Mary. You say, ah. Uh. <laughs> and there's another gentleman who rushed to us and he took photos with us. And I say, hey, because I am loyal to somebody that he left, I called the pastor who organized for the pictures to be taken. I told him, do not post that picture on Facebook. And do not give it to anybody. Actually, it's Pastor Mary who did it. Because we were talking about it. Because of my loyalty to that person, I could not allow this picture to go on social media. You can't even build long-lasting relationships without loyalty. And some of you have the habit of breaking relationship, breaking, breaking, breaking. It's not a good thing for you. It's not a good thing. There are some relationships you should treasure them until the day you go to the grave. Very important relationships. Unless you have the quality of loyalty, those relationships will break. And one day you will wake up and realize, I should not have left that person. You understand? Today I told you, to get a good father, it's not as easy as you think. Hmm? If you don't believe me, go and talk to the prodigal son. To get a good father. You can get a father, but he's not good. Look at the father he got. The father sent him to, to live and to eat what pigs were eating. After leaving a very good father who had provided food for him, treated him as a son, and he knew he was a son in the house. In fact, he knew he was a son and he knew they were servants. So there was a line of demarcation between sons and servants in his father's home. But this second father didn't care. That you went to Harvard, I don't care. That you came from a rich family, I don't care. That you used to be rich, I don't care. Go and live with the pigs. So loyalty is very important. Hallelujah. Yes. Marriages are built on loyalty. Because you, you will not be with your husband 24-7. Look, this thing is nice, but it's nothing if the quality of loyalty is not in you. That's why men remove it. Yeah? When they go where? There are so many ladies. They remove and they put it in the pocket. 
And the lady asked, uh, you look married. Say, look, I am not married. <laughs> Looks can be deceiving. Yeah. <laughs> you understand? Yeah. So it's good to wear it. But if there is no that quality inside of you, it will not help you. side, they have woken up. I'm excited. I should preach from here now. They're even clapping when there's no point. Somebody shout loyalty. Yes, be loyal to your pastor. Yes. I'm telling you. One day, there's another pastor who stood up on a Sunday morning. Why are you not saying, ah, and he said, uh, ladies and gentlemen, I've got news for you. And I feel that I need to share with you and be open with you because um, I feel like I need to let you know the new developments that have come up in this church. So he said, uh, from next Sunday, uh, I want to let you know that I will not be available. And not only next Sunday, but this is my last Sunday here because I'm relocating to America. I am going to study because I am changing my career. This is the last sermon I'm doing and I am going. Put yourself in that congregation. How will you feel? <laughs> eh? you're already feeling sad isn't it because some of you are thinking I'm trying to send coded messages <laughs> tell anybody it's a story is giving of another pastor okay, Gladys has been affected why are you feeling sad Why are you feeling sad? Or if you are to, to be in that congregation, I'm sure you could have felt sad, isn't it? Why? Because you want the pastor to be loyal to you. That even if he gets other opportunities, he should be loyal to you. He should stay with you. He should say no to those opportunities and stay with you. Isn't it? The same way you expect the pastor to be loyal to you is the same way he expects you to be loyal to him. Hallelujah. Yeah. Don't think when you come to say you are living, we are happy. We are not happy. Even if you are dancing, hey, the Lord has done it. 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 Amen, Iona. Amen, Iona happy because we want you to be with us. Every genuine pastor has a hard time letting people go. A fake pastor will tell you in fact when sumbua sana na kubariki na shida enda. Oh sorry. <laughs> not you, not you, not you, not you. Guy, father, I cancel those words in the name of Jesus. You are blessed. I bless you with good things in Jesus name.
Hallelujah. You get what I'm saying? So be loyal to your church and be loyal to your pastor. It's a very important ingredient as you're tracing your calling. You want to know where God is leading you. Hallelujah. Tell your neighbor, neighbor, you will get fantastic offers. But if you are loyal, you will turn them down. Yes. Yeah. Shakira, you will get fantastic orders to go and do media in other churches. But they do not understand the journey I have walked with you to make you reach to where you are. The struggles we have gone through together of trying things out. Different ideas we have tried. To get to where we are, they do not understand. They will give you an offer. If you are not loyal, you will go. But if you understand where we have come from, and you know that you owe me, your experience and your knowledge, you will say, I'm not going. Zeph, you'll get fantastic offers to go and play keyboard for Makonga strangers. <laughs> and they will tell you, we will pay you a hundred times what your pastor is paying you. You've been suffering. Come, we deliver you from disease and poverty. <laughs> yeah. If you're not loyal, you go. That's why, let me tell you, I don't want to buy your loyalty. I can't buy your loyalty. I want you to be loyal because you understand what loyalty is. Yes. Yes. I don't want to pay you as a staff money to make you stay. I want you to stay even if I don't pay you the money that you want. That is loyalty. Hey. This is deep. I'm telling you, this is very powerful. Because if money drives you, you will never be loyal. You will never be loyal. You'll be in this company. Ah, when you get more money, you leave. You'll be in this church. When you get more money, you leave. But loyalty is a quality in you that says, hey, this is where I am. It's not about money. I believe in this man. I believe in this vision. I believe in this church. This is my church. I'm committed to this church. Regardless of what happens, I'll be here. Because you can't buy loyalty. It's cheap to buy loyalty. Even the people who are paid to keep quiet still talk. Oh, you're very quiet on me. They even call back and threaten you and they tell you, if you don't add, they blackmail you now. Because now they have power over you. If you don't send us more money, we are going out with your story. We have the videos. Then you add the money. Then they keep quiet for a month. After a month, they tell you, the money you gave us is finished. We feel like talking. Send some more money. So you live as a slave for the rest of your life. I don't want to be a pastor who is a slave. I have to entice the staff to stay with me. 
I want them to be loyal to me. With our problems, we are loyal. With our celebration, we are loyal. When we are looking like we are going under, we are still loyal. Yes. It's like a woman who is loyal to you when you have money. When money disappears, they tell you, okay, I'm leaving. I'm going to my mother's house. When you have money, call me. Tell another, be loyal. Tell another one, I believe in loyalty. Tell them again, I believe in loyalty. Even the company that you're working with, look, you cannot be paid like the founder of that company. Forget it. You're very quiet, but I'm saying the truth. Oh, we are the ones who are working here. We are the ones who come to the office before the founder comes. We are the ones who live late. The founder just comes twice a week. We are the donkeys. We are the baboons which are working here. We, we demand our rights. They will tell you, brother, if you are tired of work, leave. Because that is a level that is reserved for him. And he cannot pay you to stay. So to entice you, he gives you a car on loan. <laughs> and he has calculated your salary and the monthly payments. And he knows for five years you'll work for him. And you say, my boss is very good. He has given me a car. He's not good. He's trying to entice you to be loyal to him. Because he knows you're going to work for him for five years. Those five years, he has made calculations of the profits that he's going to make. That even if you leave, he can hire somebody better than you and still make profit. Don't you never ask them, have you paid for your car? Have you finished the payment? <laughs> Most of the cars you see driving on our roads in Nairobi. Loans. I am among the few Nairobians who is driving a car which doesn't have loan. Nobody can stop me and say, bring the logbook. Do I have such people here? May God push you to that level as well in the name of Jesus. May God elevate you to that level in Jesus' name. But most of the cars, loans. So even when you want to leave, you make calculations. Say, hey, I cannot leave. <laughs> Mercy Lord. Others have gone to the next level and say, you want a house? No problem. I'll give you a car, a house. They give you a house. They calculate monthly payments. They know 20 years. <laughs> 20 years Winnie you are very quiet what's going on 20 years you'll be working to pay for it and it's not a guarantee because if the interest changes it might be 25 years and now you are 50 or you are 40 40 plus 25 you are what so when you get to 65, now you are free, you have your house, you're saying, now I want to go out there and get another job. When you go out, you find young people. Smart. 
strong, energetic, sharp. When you go for the interview, <laughs> you are not even shortlisted. When you just enter, they tell you, hey, the panel, they look at you and say, hey, old man, what are you looking for? <laughs> I say, have you, have, have, are, you in the, are you are you looking for somebody? <laughs> are you in the right place? Are you lost? We can direct you where you need to go. You say, no, 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 no. I have come to look for a job. They say, hey, can we advise you? At your age, we cannot hire you here. So we don't even need to do an interview for you. We can't hire you. 65, we can't. Because the job, the demands of this job, I don't think you can hack it. Yeah. Even when you are seated out there in the lobby waiting for the, for, to be called, you, you look left, right, young people. Young. And they're not just seated. They're making calls. Yes. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm here in a meeting. Uh, let me just call you after this. Oh, yeah, yeah, I'm here. Oh, no, sign the check. Sign it. Sign it. Sign the check right now. Just sign it. I've approved. Sign it. You, you are there. <laughs> Somewhere they're sitting there, they're on their iPads, computers. You, you came with your old files. <laughs> <laughs> your analog experience. <laughs> and an old briefcase. Then they have folders. Yeah. The way they are dressed, man. You look at the way you are dressed and you're like, wow. Will I hack it? You enter in. Those people tell you, please. I don't think you can hack it. Yeah. They tell you, can we advise you? You worked for your former employer for almost 30 years. Go back and retire there. At least he will give you pension. People are very quiet. But I'm, I'm showing you the reality. The reality. This is the reality. Yes. Hallelujah. It's the reality. I'm telling you. Go to Safaricom right now. You enter their shops. Young people. Excuse me, can I help you? Do you need any help? Young ladies in their 20s. Hmm. Yeah, you find old people there. Excuse me, can I, can I, can I help you? <laughs> they are not there. You're not happy with me, but I'm telling you the truth. The truth. The real truth. Yeah. Gym instructors, are they old or young? Young. Old, you can't. You can't make it. Oh, now, you know, I want to enter the gym and be a gym instructor. Nobody will enroll for you to take them through classes. <laughs> Everybody's looking for somebody young. Lean. Yes. So they do that because they're trying to buy your loyalty in a subtle way. 
Yeah, but as a pastor, I cannot buy your loyalty. I cannot pay you to be here. I cannot entice you with money or position to be here. I want you to have a revelation of what loyalty is. It should come from your heart. Tell your neighbor, let's be loyal. Fantastic. Now, can we move ahead? All this is in this book. I'm sure the ones who went through this book are surprised. <laughs> All this is in which book? Pastors from the pews. How many feel like joining after I have shared? You feel like, hey, I'm missing a lot. Yeah, you should join. It's beautiful. It's fantastic. Can we go on or should we stop? Is it too much for you or you can handle it? So how does the call become now clear? You have submitted to your local church. You have patience. You have become loyal to the pastor. You are serving in a department. How does the call become clear to you? Now, you will know God's calling through several ways. And I'll mention them quickly. Number one is through God's audible voice. There are people here, you will have the privilege of hearing God speak to you directly. You will hear his voice. And this is not for everybody. It's those, those who are serious with God. Don't just say you will live the way you want and then you hear the voice of God. Tell your neighbor, stop lying to us. You think God has no time. That God is so idle. That he just speaks to people anyhow. He doesn't. You have to pay the price. Yeah. You have to pay the price. Remember I told you on Friday. Is it on Friday or when? I told you that the fall has affected us. It has affected us badly. That we don't hear God as we should. Do you understand what I'm saying? Yes, we don't hear him as... Even when you read the Bible, you can see that very few individuals were able to hear the voice of God. Not everybody. Very few. That God was speaking to them directly. Very few. Not everybody. You understand? Now, God's audible voice will come to you if you have positioned yourself correctly spiritually. You walk with God. You serve God. You're serious with God. Tell your neighbor, this year, I want to be serious with God. Hmm? Your neighbor didn't hear. Tell them again, this year, the year 2022, I want to be very serious with God. Yeah. Yeah. When you become serious with God, he will speak to you audibly. You will hear his voice. Hallelujah. Let's look at Moses. Exodus chapter 3, verse 1. Throw it up there quickly. We read Exodus chapter 3. Moses heard the voice of God audibly. God spoke to him. Now Moses was tending the flock of Jethro, his father-in-law, the priest of Media, and he led the flock to the back of the desert and came to Horeb, the mountain of God. Verse 2. And the angel of the Lord appeared to him in a flame of fire. From the midst of a bush. 
So he looked and behold, the bush was burning with fire, but the bush was not consumed. Then Moses said, I will now turn aside and see this great sight. Why the bush does not burn. Verse 4. So when the Lord saw, when the Lord saw. You see, God has to see your seriousness. God has to see your intentionality, Tina. God has to see your passion. To move closer to him. He has to see it. Somebody say he has to see it. If he doesn't see it, you will never hear his voice. Look at Moses. He saw this thing and he moved closer because he wanted to know what's going on here. And when the Lord saw, look at that verse again. When the Lord saw, somebody here, may the Lord see your seriousness this year. In the name of Jesus. Did you hear what I said? I say, may the Lord see your seriousness this year in Jesus' name. And may he speak to you. Yes. When he saw, he saw. Hola. Hey. Bana. Sinime konda. Okay. Hey. I can't believe it. So, when the Lord saw that he turned aside to look, God called to him from the midst of the bush and said, Moses, Moses. And he said, here I am. Look at the way he's even responding to the voice of God. All right? Keep, 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 keep the scripture going. Keep the scripture going. Uh, then he said, do not draw near this place. Take your sandals off your feet for the place where you stand is holy ground. Verse 6. Moreover, he said, I am the God of your father. Wow. The God of Abraham. The God of Isaac. And the God of Jacob. And Moses hid his face for he was afraid to look upon God. You see, Moses is teaching us here a very powerful principle, but that sometimes we can really crave to hear the voice of God, but are we ready to withstand his presence? You see, if Jesus walks in this room right now, most of you will not be seated. If not, all of you will not be seated. You'll be under your seat. You'll be repenting. You say, oh God, forgive me. Oh God, forgive me. Oh God, forgive me. You see, when the disciples had an encounter with Jesus on the shore, on the lake rather, the Bible says that they fell at his feet. Peter fell at the feet of Jesus. I say, I am a sinner. Because when you're exposed to God's presence, your wretchedness is revealed. Moses hid his face because he realized, hey, I am actually talking to God. Wow. Amazing. Then what happened? And the Lord said, I have surely seen the oppression of my people who are in Egypt and I've heard their cry because of their taskmasters for I know their sorrows. Verse 8. 
Are you glad that God sees what you're going through? God sees even what the boss is doing that is making you cry in the middle of the night. God is seeing your sorrow. And God has sent me to deliver you from your sorrows in the name of Jesus. Oh, you don't believe I'm your Moses? Uh -huh. So I have come down. Hey, I love God. To deliver them out of the hand of the Egyptian. And to bring them from the land to a good and a large land. To a land flowing with milk and honey. To the place of the Canaanites and the Hittites and the Amorites and the Perizzites and the Hivites and the Jebusites. Verse 9. Now, therefore, behold, the cry of the children of Israel has come to me. And I've also seen the oppression with which the Egyptians oppressed them. Verse 10. Come now. Now that's where the call come, comes through. Can we read together? Come now. Therefore, and I will mm -hmm, to Pharaoh that you may the children of Israel out of that was a call that came to Moses directly via God's voice. Spoke to him directly. And this dimension is not for everybody. It's not easy to get to this dimension. That's why people, you hear a lot of pastors say, I feel, I feel, I feel. Because they have not heard, but they feel. And they trust the feeling. And they know that the feeling was godly. Or the feeling is godly. I feel. I have a conviction. You understand what I'm saying? Some will say, I've heard the voice of God. Yes. You didn't say it. May God speak to you. Hallelujah. Problem with many Christians, because we are so carnal, the devil speaks to us a lot. And we obey his agenda. Yeah, he speaks to us a lot. We, we sleep with the devil. We wake up with the devil. We have breakfast with the devil. We have lunch with the devil. We have dinner with the devil. We sleep with the devil again. We have breakfast with the devil. We have dinner with the devil. We have lunch with the devil. So he speaks to us a lot. Yeah. May you not listen to the voice of Satan. In Jesus' name. At your own time, read Acts chapter 9. Another very interesting story about Paul. He had the voice of God. Hmm? Let's read First Samuel. I show you something. Another man who had the voice of God. Very powerful. First Samuel chapter 3. Hallelujah. Are you tired of reading scriptures? Samuel had the voice of God, but because he was immature, he thought it was Eli who was calling him. Hmm. Samuel chapter 3. Now the boy, even the Bible says he's a boy. He's not a fully matured man, he's a boy. Hallelujah. Turn to a man next to you, tell them you are a boy of Jesus. And the ladies tell that lady next to you, you are a girl of Jesus. Now the boy Samuel, rest read quickly. Now the boy Samuel ministered to the Lord before Eli and the word of the Lord was rare. God was not speaking. Rare in those days. There was no widespread revelation. Verse 2. And it came to pass at, this, at that time while Eli was lying down 
in his place. And when his eyes had begun to grow dim, that he could not see. And before the lamp of God went out in the tabernacle of the Lord where the ark of God was, and while Samuel was lying down, verse 4, that the Lord called Samuel. And he answered, here I am. May that be your answer when God speaks to you. May you tell him, here I am. Hallelujah. Don't say, Lord, they are here. <laughs> you should say, here I am. All right, can we finish the story? So he ran to Eli and said, here I am, for you called me. And Eli said, no, I did not call you. Lie down again. And he went and lay down. Mm -hmm. Then the Lord called yet Samuel. So Samuel arose and went to Eli and said, here I am, for you called me. He answered, I did not call my son. Lie down again. Now, <laughs> this is powerful. Someone say now. Samuel did not yet know the Lord, nor was the word of the Lord yet revealed to him. What it simply means, you see, if I can give you a brief history of Samuel. Samuel was a miracle child. You remember Hannah was barren? Her womb was closed? And she had a co-wife called Penina. And she used to taunt her and mock her because she was not able to give birth. And she prayed. And she told God, if you give me a child, I will take him to the temple. He will never cease serving you. So when she was done with winning, not winning, winning. <laughs> How many know what I'm talking about? Introducing solids to a child. He took Samuel to the temple. So Samuel's, Samuel actually lived in the church because Hannah wanted to fulfill her promise. What a mother. So he's here. God is speaking to him, but he's not been mentored in the ministry. The only voice he knows. Okay. <laughs> the only voice he can recognize is the voice of Eli. Wow. Wow. That's why you have to be in the right place so that you hear the right voice. Because if you're in different places, jumping here, jumping here, jumping here, you will hear so many voices and you become confused. One time somebody came to my office to tell me some things. Oh, I feel like, oh, um, this is not right. This is not. I said, I just looked at him and I told him, look, you've been hearing many voices. You've not been listening to my voice. You've been hearing many voices. Look, if you want gossip, it is there. I'm telling you. And some of you think that they're only gossiping the pastor and you're listening to the story and you're very happy about it. Look, there's somebody also who is gossiping you. Oh, yes. Everybody here is being gossiped in one way or another. 
Oh, oh, let me say that again. Everybody here, you are being gossiped in one way or another. If it's not your friends, it's your neighbor. If it's not your neighbor, it's your caretaker. <laughs> yeah. The guy with the short and slippers with many keys in his hands. So some people just think, oh, it's the pastor who is being gossiped. Oh, have you heard what they've said about that? Oh, have you heard? Oh, have you heard? Oh, you forget that even you, in some quarters, your name is being mentioned. And if you hear what people say about you, you will even say what they've said about the pastor is nothing. That's why you have to be in the right place to hear and to listen to the right voice. Because there are very many voices. Samuel, the only voice, my God, I love this. The only voice he knew was the voice of his pastor. Loyalty. The only voice. He knew if somebody is calling me, it is Eli who is calling me. <laughs> Eli, Eli, here I am. Say, no, I've not called you. Oh, okay, go on, go on, go on, go on, lie. Okay. Somebody, somebody call Samuel. <laughs> Eli, you, you, you have called me. He said, no, 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 I've not called you, my son. Because that's the only voice he knows. Ask your neighbor, which voice do you listen to? Some of you, you have so many voices speaking to you. Yeah, so many voices, prophetic voices, apostolic voices. So do you what voices? See us voices? So you, uh, yes, Mainakageli, whatever. So many voices are speaking to you until you're confused. You don't know if God is calling you. That's why I'm even encouraging you. Please, listen to the podcast. Listen to the podcast. Listen to it in the morning when you're going to work. But if I come to your car, morning, it's classic 105. <laughs> Patanisho on which, which, which channel is that? Radio Jumbo. Eh? Those are the voices speaking to you. You hear all the mushenes. Foolish things. You even call, isn't it? Hata mimi niko na story. Niwaambie mambo yango. Have the podcast. Listen to it. Hallelujah. Tell your neighbor listen to the podcast. Listen to the sermons. Yes, let my voice boom in your car. Not just music. My voice will boom in your car. My voice will boom in your bedroom. Oh yes. Sometimes when things are not working with your husband, just put my message. <laughs> just put my message there. Yeah. And the atmosphere in the bedroom will change. Yes. 
But things are not working, then you put other things. You make matters worse. I'm preaching or I'm not preaching here? Am I preaching or I'm not preaching? Yes, the voice will bring a change in your life. We must listen to messages. We must listen to the podcast of our pastor. Every day, every day, every day, every day. Yes. Because when God calls you, his voice will sound like the voice of your pastor. Hmm. Yes. You'll be running to the pastor. Have you called me? <laughs> Say, no, lie down, my son. Yeah. Because God will use what you're familiar with. Is it entering? Yes, he will use what you're familiar. But if you mix yourself with so many voices, so many voices, you're listening to this. You see, there are many good preachers. Look, there are many good preachers. The same way we have so many ladies in the world. Isn't it? But when a lady gives birth to a child, she is the best person to feed that child. Her milk is the best. But we have all types of milk. Brookside. Tuzo. Daima. UHT. Do we still have UHT? UHT. Mount Kenya. Kinangop. Fresher. All these types of milk. But let me tell you, the milk that comes from the breast of the mother is the best. Even if, you, even if you don't clap, what I've said is very, very profound. The one that comes from the mother. That's why some mothers understand how precious their milk is. So that when they're busy, they express the milk. Put it in a container. Put it in the fridge. So that the child can continue feeding from her breast. Yes. And look at that child, man. When that child is on that breast. Have you ever seen the face of that child? My God, my God. Hey, as a husband, you become jealous. You're like, look at this guy. He's taking away what belongs to me. Hey! The guy is enjoying, you can see he's lifting his leg. Hey! He's massaging his bum bums. He's saying, hey! He's even playing with it. Say, hey. <laughs> I'm enjoying my preaching today. It's powerful. And the child gets used to it so much that when he just wants to have fun, he goes there and he removes it himself. He gets to a place where he's not even asking for permission. He just goes there. Mm picks it out and puts it in the mouth. <laughs> when he wants to sleep, that's where he goes. That's why he may sleep. The best person to feed you is your pastor. It's your pastor. 
Are you understanding what I'm preaching to you today? Yes. Because it's through him that you understand your calling. Hallelujah. It's through him that you understand the voice of God. Let's go further and see what happened in this story. Powerful. Very powerful. I can't believe that my time is gone and I've not even started. <laughs> and the Lord, can we read together? And the Lord called Samuel the third time. May God call you severally until you understand. Yeah. May he call you severally. Call you severally. Because at the first time you'll be confused. You don't understand what he's saying. But may he call you again and again and again. In Jesus' name. Look at what happened. He called him the third time. So he arose and went to Eli. Look at the way this boy behaves. He believes Eli is the one calling him. Even though Eli is telling, me, telling him, I have not called you. Keeps on going back. And said, here I am. For you did call me. Look at the next verse. Then Eli perceived. You see, Eli was not hearing the voice. But because of his maturity and experience in ministry, he could pass. <laughs> he perceived. Give me the scripture again. Eli perceived that the Lord had called the boy. We might not hear the voice, but we have sharp perception. Sharp perception. We can perceive and we can know that hey, God is calling this person. Mm -hmm. And remember they were in the same location. They were in the temple. For you to wake up at night to go to somebody and tell him that he has called you, it means that the proximity is, 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 is reasonable, isn't it? It's like he's very close to you. Isn't it? So they were in the same location. Well, in the same area. But this was a specific call to somewhere. No wonder God, you see, God has a way he can speak. Like here, God can speak, but not everybody will hear his voice. Only one person will hear the voice of God. Right here. And that's what was happening to somewhere in this place. He heard the voice of God. And Eli perceived. Eli perceived that the Lord was calling this boy. And you can see the importance of a pastor who is spiritual who is mature in your life because it will help you navigate God's calling in your life. He will teach you how to deal with it. Look at the mentorship he gives him. Mentorship. Somebody say mentorship. Therefore, Eli said to Saul, no, to somewhere. Can we read together? Go, lie down, and it shall be, if he calls you, that you might say, speak, Lord, for your servant. Yes. Mentorship. Speak for your servant. Yes. Because God was not ready to speak to a boy who doesn't know who is calling him. And thank God for the mentorship of Eli. He positioned the boy to receive instructions from God concerning his calling. I wish you can finish the scripture, but my time is up. So Samuel went and lay down in his place. After he lay down in his place, now the Lord came and stood and called as at other times. I mean, when you read this 
scripture, you can see that even God chose not to bypass the role of Eli in the life of Samuel. Because some of you, when you hear a voice, the pastor is nothing. Oh, pastor, you don't understand. Oh, pastor, you're not spiritual. Oh, pastor, you're not deep. God cannot overrule your pastor just to speak to you. Pastors, we are nothing. We are not nothing. We are very important in the sight of God. Very important. God treasures us so much. That's why he said, don't touch the anointed. That's how much he treasures us. Yeah, that even when Moses married an Egyptian woman and Miriam made noise, God showed Miriam who is in charge. It is Moses who is in charge. God loves pastors. If I were you, I will become a pastor. God loves pastors. You don't like it, but I'll say it again. God loves us pastors. He loves us so much because we are taking care of his sheep. Yeah. So God tries as much as possible to keep pastors to live long. That's why when you hear pastors died, it, it, it affects you. It's a death that hits you to the core of your being, isn't it? If you hear a thief has died and a pastor has died, which one affects you more? <laughs> yeah? So God will try and keep pastors going. Yeah? You keep pastors going. And me, I'm believing God for a long life because I want to pastor for a long time. I've been praying, God, give me a long time. Let me pastor when I'm 90, 100. Give me a long life because I'm doing your work. Keep sicknesses away from me. And every year when I go for checkup and I'm given a clean bill of health, I lift my hands and say, God, thank you. Thank you. My pressure is okay. My blood sugar is okay. My kidneys are okay. My liver is okay. My heart is okay. My calcium level, okay. Magnesium level is okay. In fact, there's a time I took a report to another doctor. He looked at the report and he looked at me. And he said, you, you are too healthy. <laughs> yeah, he was not happy that I was too healthy. So you are too healthy. He said, look at this. This is a comprehensive report. And everything is okay in your body. Then he asked me, what do you do? I said, I am a pastor. He said, no wonder. May also God keep you healthy. May God give you fantastic health. As you serve him, as you follow him, may you be healthy from the top of your head to the sole of your feet. Shout aloud, amen. Yes, and one of the ways is becoming a pastor. Mm -hmm. Something on my head, I don't know what is it. Alright, let's finish the scripture. Now the Lord came and stood and called as at other times, Samuel, Samuel, Samuel. Samuel answered, speak for your servant hears. Verse 11. Then the Lord said to Samuel, behold, I will do something in Israel at which both ears of everyone who hears it will tingle. He begins to tell him what is going to happen in Israel. He begins to tell him what is going to happen and how there was, there's, there's going to be a change of God. That God is going to do away with the priesthood of Eli. 
and allow him to become the prophet. I mean, the vision was shook this boy. When he came out of that place, he was so shaken until when his pastor Eli looked at him, he said, please tell me what the Lord has said. I can handle it. The pastor told him, share with me. And the pastor was okay with that vision. Yes. He didn't fight this boy. That's a genuine pastor. He was not intimidated by his calling because he knew his time was up and God was raising another prophet to take over his place. Galaritiga. Hallelujah. I pray that you will hear God's voice and you will incorporate the role, the influence, the advice, and the counsel of the pastor as you hear the voice so that you can be a balanced believer. Stand to your feet, we pray. Hallelujah. Have you received something? Can you pray for one minute? Just pray, pray for one minute right now in the name of Jesus. Come on, everybody pray. You have 40 seconds. Pray right now. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Hallelujah. Lift your hands and say, Father. I can't hear you. Say, Father. I scatter every voice that is meant to confuse me. That is meant to destroy me. That is meant to short-circuit my calling. Today in the name of Jesus. My ears will not incline to false voices. Will not incline to demonic voices. Do not incline to evil spirits voices. In the name of Jesus. I want you to clap your hands and scatter every evil false voice that wants to mess up your life in the name of Jesus. Scatter it right now. Disconnect yourself from that voice in the name of Jesus. Fight that voice. It won't come close to you. It won't come close to you. It won't come close to you. 
Scatter it right now in the name of Jesus. Come on. You will not be a victim. 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 Fight it. Fight it. Fight it. Fight it. Fight it. Fight it. It will not influence you. It will not destroy you. It will not bring you down in the name of Jesus. Yes, Lord, yes, Lord. 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 You will not be a victim. You will not be destroyed. Lift your hand one more time and say, Father, this year, I want to hear your voice concerning my mission, concerning my purpose, concerning my calling. Let your voice be clear. Let your voice be clear in my heart, in my spirit. Continue praying in the name of Jesus.
voices be clear this year, Jehovah God. In our hearts, oh God, let your voice be clear, Father. In our lives, oh God, let your voice be clear, Jehovah God. In the name of Jesus Christ, let your voice come with power, oh God, to communicate your truth, oh God. We pray this year, Jehovah God, that we shall not listen to another voice, but your voice, oh God, with clarity, oh God. We pray, King of all glory, that your voice shall come forth, oh God, in the name of Jesus Christ, oh Father Lord, as it comes in the ways that are familiar to us, oh God, let it come through, oh God, the voice of your servant, oh God, in the name of Jesus Christ, wherever we are, oh God, let it come, oh God, to that from that familiar voice of your servant, oh God, in the name of Jesus Christ, when we are praying, oh God, let us hear your voice, Father, when we are sitting down, oh God, let us hear your voice, Father, when we are studying your word, Father, let us hear your voice, oh God, when we are serving you, God, let us hear your voice, oh God, with clarity, Father, in the name of Jesus Christ, we pray, oh God, each day of the year, oh God, every time, oh God, even when we congregate together, let us hear your voice, oh God, in the name of Jesus Christ, we pray right now, oh God, no other voice to you would we want to hear, Father, but your voice, oh God, in the name of Jesus Christ, oh Father, we pray, King of all glory, that Father, during the day when we go to sleep, oh God, let us hear your voice, oh God, in the name of Jesus Christ, and pray, oh God, and declare, your servant heareth, your servant is ready, oh God, in the name of Jesus Christ, we pray, oh God, let our ears be active, oh God, let our ears be able to perceive, oh God, let our ears be able to know, God, that is your voice that is coming forth in the name of Jesus Christ to communicate, oh God, our purpose, oh God, to communicate, oh God, our role in the mission field, to communicate, oh Father, our service to you, to communicate, oh God, what we are supposed to do in the name of Jesus Christ. We pray, Father, oh God, as your children, oh God, as your servants, oh God, in the house, oh God, oh Father, whatever you want us to do, oh let your voice with clarity, oh God, let your voice come, oh God, in the stillness of the day, let your voice, oh God, come forth, Jehovah God, the way Adam was able to hear your voice, let us be able to hear your voice, oh God, in the name of Jesus Christ, we pray, oh Father, oh God, nothing shall hinder your voice from reaching to us, oh God, nothing shall stop your voice, oh from reaching our spirit, oh God, nothing shall stop your voice from communicating the truth unto us. In the name of Jesus Christ, oh God, there shall be a distinction, oh God, between your voice, oh God, and the voices of the world, Jehovah God. In the name of Jesus Christ, Father. In Jesus' name. Amen. Lift your hand one more time. Say, Father, Father may your calling over my life, over my life, be clear, be clear, crystal clear, crystal clear, in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, may your calling, may your calling, over my life, over my life, be crystal clear, be crystal clear, in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus. lift your voice and pray. Oh Father, Father, we pray, Father, for the calling upon our lives, oh God, that it may be clear, Jehovah God. Each one of us, oh Lord, we know you saved us for a purpose. Each one of us, oh God. We know you brought us to the church for a purpose. Each one of us, oh God, we know you brought us to your house for a purpose, oh God. And now we pray, oh God, the calling 
over our lives, oh God. The purpose upon our life, oh God. Let it be crystal clear, Jehovah God. In the name of Jesus Christ, if we have evangelists among us, make it clear to them, oh God. If we have pastors among us, make it clear to them, Jehovah God. If we have, oh God, witnesses of the gospel among us, oh God, make it clear to them, Jehovah God. Those who need to be serving in the ushering, make it clear to them, Jehovah God. In the name of Jesus Christ, make, oh God, the calling of each one of us crystal clear, Jehovah God. In the name of Jesus Christ, that we shall know, oh God, we've been calling this area of Father. We shall know, Jehovah God. This is the what God you've called us to do. In the name of Jesus Christ, let it come, oh God, like in the day, King of all glory, the way we are able to see the light, oh God. Let us be able to know our calling, oh God. In the name of Jesus Christ, Father, we pray to you this evening, oh God, that each one of us shall find the purpose, oh God, because everything's found in you, oh God. We pray our purpose shall be clear, oh God. We pray our calling shall be clear, oh God. In the name of Jesus Christ, Father, we declare from this moment, this year, oh Lord, we shall walk in our purpose, oh God. This year, oh Father, Lord, we shall manifest our calling, oh God, because you're making it clear in our lives, oh God. In the name of Jesus Christ, Father, Lord, we shall know where we want us to serve, oh God. We shall know which ministry to serve in, oh God. Which department to serve in, oh Father. Which aid in this ministry to serve in, oh God. In the name of Jesus Christ, Father. Father, we shall be available in service because the clarity has come, oh God. In the name of Jesus Christ, Father. And we shall be ready, oh God, to serve in the area that you've shown us, Father. In the name of Jesus Christ, Father. Because we know the grace shall be self sufficient, oh God, to enable us to serve in that area, Father. In the name of Jesus Christ, like Samuel, oh God, we shall say, here we are, Father, because you made it clear, Jehovah God, in the name of Jesus Christ. We thank you for the clarity of the calling. We thank you for the clarity of the purpose upon our life, Jehovah God, in the name of Jesus Christ, that each one of us, oh God, this year, oh God, they shall find what you have them to do, oh God what you want them to do Jehovah God in the name of Jesus Christ open their sight to see oh God open their ears to understand oh God open their hearts to conceive oh God in the name of Jesus Christ Father we pray oh Lord we shall always we shall be a finder what to do in the house of God we shall not put our hands on the plow and look back oh God because we know when we do that we are not fit for the kingdom of God but once you show us our calling we shall put our hands onto it, O oh God. We shall put our strength onto it, O oh God. And we shall declare, Father, O oh God, there's no looking back again, O oh God. There's no looking back again, Jehovah God. Because this is what we shall do, O oh God. Every day when we wake up, we shall do it. Every day when we go to sleep, we shall think of it. In the name of Jesus Christ, we pray, O oh God. Our purpose, O oh God. Our purpose, O oh God. Make it clear, Jehovah God. Make it clear, Jehovah God. Hallelujah. Jesus Christ. One only in way. Why, 
Sing the stanza for me. He will lead us. Yes, he will speak to you in the name of Jesus. Father, thank you that the calling will be clear. The instructions will be clear. You will make us climb mountains. You will make us overcome hurdles and obstacles to hear your voice guiding us and directing us. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Can we give God the Lord, God our Lord, a mighty hand of praise? Thank you for listening to this podcast. You can now get in touch with Dr. Dazu Techero on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter.